Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. It is red across the screen this morning as investors follow Wall Street's lead and sell off shares here in Asia Pacific. Tokyo, Seoul and Sydney are all down half a percent or more. Investors have their eyes on the latest U.S. jobs numbers, which are due out tonight. Joining me now as we break down all the market action is Willie Kang, who is filling in for Ryan Huang. He's the guy behind Dividend Titan, a great blog. Good morning, Willie. Good morning, Michelle. We begin this morning with one of the world's largest companies, Amazon, and some mixed signs about its business. Now, on the one hand, Amazon seems to be preparing for a busy holiday shopping season. At the same time, we see the e-commerce giant cutting costs and shutting new projects down amid slowing sales. So let's start with the bullish side of this story. Is it fair to say that Amazon is expecting a holiday season rush? Yeah, it seems like it. I mean, if you see Amazon plans to hire about 150,000 workers for the holidays. So this is something which is very common over the past few years where they have temporarily put in more stuff to handle the huge um, sales, potential sales, which is coming for the Christmas holidays. I mean, I'm I'm expecting to actually buy stuff for my family as well. So ah. Amazon is definitely going to be busy. <laughs> All right, I'll give you my list after this. So hiring new workers is a bullish sign. But outside of the holiday season, Amazon is also facing slower sales. And now it is shutting down some experimental projects like its cute baby blue home delivery robot Scout, as well as Amazon Glow, and that is its video calling device for kids. Tell us more. Mm. So you can see that the home delivery robot, it's um, their unit has been cut, and you know they are planning to actually discontinue uh, this because. Um, it seems like this is all part of the ongoing efforts to sort of streamline the business. In this case, the autonomous home delivery robot and the video calling device, these projects, you know, they had about 400 people working on the project globally. So it isn't really a huge contribution to the business. So it's more of like a research arm for Amazon to sort of try to improve the productivity of the company. So I guess, Michelle, when it comes to technology company cuts, usually the ones which are sort of first to go, it's probably the most expensive units um, in mm-hmm. this case. So I would expect their R&D, such as the home delivery robot and the video calling device for kids, maybe could be put on the chopping board. Yeah, and Amazon is no stranger to chopping radical ideas like cashless stores, flying delivery drones, and a satellite constellation that promises internet access around the world. So I like that it tries new things, Mm. but you know, it's not afraid of saying, okay, we got to cut it right now because it's a limited field test, so to speak. Amazon shares trended lower overnight. They're also down 7% over the past month, more than 25% since the beginning of the year. So what is your take on the e-commerce giant, Willie? I think Amazon is still one of the largest, if not the largest um, e-commerce player in the world beside um, Alibaba. Mm-hmm. And I mean, these days, Michelle, I go out, you know, when I want to shop for things, I shop online. And I guess the same for many people as well, especially if you are in a country where, you know, you have a huge geography and sometimes it's difficult to get out from one point to another, especially during the pandemic, you know, like, when you're sick and when you have to do the telemedicine, you wouldn't want to go out and get stuff. You want to shop online. And I think Amazon would continue to meet the demands of people. You know, it has changed how the way people think about shopping. 
Absolutely. And this is a business which I think would continue to stay. All right. Let's segue now to the broader economy and the commodity markets. Now, yesterday we talked on this show about how OPEC plus nations are going to cut production by 2 million barrels per day. And this is their biggest production cut in more than two years. That cut was made during the early days of the pandemic. Oil prices have already started trending high. Do we have a sense of just how high oil prices might rise this time around? Mm, I think this is a good point to raise, Michelle. You know, I just came up from an interview mm. earlier on um, with the Tiger Broker CIO and he mentioned that oil prices, you know, could be trading range bound. So it could just be trading sideways in the short term. And I think really because on one hand, you have OPEC saying that they are planning to actually cut productions by 2 million barrels per day. But I guess the analysts have been forecasting that this number could be much lower. So there, there could be some uncertainty to how oil prices could trade in the short term. And on top of that, there could still be some deficits through the whole of 2023. So on the short term, this might remain weak in terms of the pricing. But in the longer term, I mean, if you see where oil prices are going, it could possibly see a rebound because number one, you still have many emerging countries, also including the US, a developed economy, a huge oil consumer Mm -hmm. of uh, oil. Now, Washington has delivered an angry rebuke of OPEC Plus's move. The cuts are likely to funnel more funds to Russia, which needs the money for its war in Ukraine. They're also likely to cause higher petrol prices in the U.S. just ahead of the November midterm elections. The Biden administration is releasing some oil from the U.S. strategic reserves, but analysts say that the impact of that release is likely to be limited. Still, though, market watchers say OPEC's plus move could backfire on the world's biggest oil producer, Saudi Arabia. Help us understand how. Yep. So just a just a context here is that um, there's this thing called the NOPEC legislation or no oil producing and exporting cartel. So this, this act was first introduced about 20 years ago mm-hmm. to allow the US government to sue members of the OPEC for sort of manipulating the energy market and potentially to also ask for billions of dollars of reparations. So in this case, under this move, US could actually activate um, this act and file a lawsuit against what OPEC is doing. I mean, if you see where what the, the, the OPEC is doing, like what you say, Michelle, you know, US has still a huge demand for oil. You know, people are still driving on the roads and that uses fuel and gasoline. In this case, the, the legislation, it could bring lawsuits against the cartel members for antitrust violations. And it could potentially you know, spark some sell-off in crude oil prices. All right, we've held off as long as we could. It's time for the continuing chapter of the Elon Musk files. Oh, yes. The world's (laughs) richest man has secured a partial victory in his litigated negotiations with Twitter over his off-again, on-again takeover (sighs) of the company. Fill us in. What's the latest? I wonder when this is going to stop. So recently, I mean, we see from yesterday's news, a Delaware judge has halted a court case or trial against Elon Musk over his $44 billion purchase of Twitter. So this sort of gives more time for both parties to complete the deal. So in this case, for, for Musk, you know, to seek financing, for example, from the banks or any investors. Yeah. Um, and it also gives sort of a small uh, win for Elon Musk because um, this sort of helps him to pause the lawsuit against him ahead of an 17 October trial date. So this gives him some time and also at the same time 
also to allow Elon Musk to think about whether he wants to seek a fraud suit over his claims on the platform's executive who had claimed that he had misled him on the number of spam and robot accounts on Twitter. All right, so... The trial is being delayed, but Musk still faces a deadline. That's three weeks from today to close its acquisition of Twitter. Aside from Musk's mercurial nature, what is likely to be the biggest barrier or the hurdle that Twitter and Musk will need to overcome in order to finalise this acquisition? Yep, so... On one hand, you have the financing, but that deal is sort of more or less on the cards right now because you have Morgan Stanley, which is leading the whole deal with the other banks as well. So that that is about $13 billion in deal. Most probably when there's a commitment made, it's very difficult to actually back out. So that's on one hand. Now, the other barrier or the biggest barrier here is on really on the robot accounts and the spam accounts. Uh-huh. So... Musk could also seek to file a fraud claims on how the the platform's management had misled him and other investors on these accounts because there are about more than 230 million users. Mm. But Elon Musk claimed that not all of them are legitimate. So what goes behind the accounts are not real. So it's a lot like the whole Wells, Wells Fargo fiasco again where the US SEC, Wells Fargo, which is US largest bank on many... Um, multiple fake accounts, fake bank accounts. So in Mm. this case, it it could apply to Twitter here and that could be the hurdle or the big hurdle which could stop the transaction from proceeding. One of Musk's lawyers, meanwhile, has put out a statement accusing Twitter of trying to insert, quote, self-serving conditions into the takeover agreement. Twitter was apparently willing to cut billions of dollars off the sales price if Musk agreed, which he hasn't. And Twitter has not commented on this statement from Musk's lawyers, which means we'll still be talking about it for a couple of days. Time now for corporate news and a game of up or down. Are you ready to roll? Oh, let's go, Michelle. Cafe Pacific. Oh, down. Cathay Pacific faces staffing issues, so they are facing staff shortages. And that could keep airfares high, which is a no-no for me because Christmas is coming. Hey. I mean, three months from now. Yeah. yeah. So this could actually put cost pressure. It could face high operating costs and that could actually bring airfares higher. Okay, I like it when we disagree. I think Hong Kong is finally ready to bounce back. At least Cathay Pacific thinks so. And it is looking to buy new planes in preparation for that expansion of Hong Kong's airport. So I think it could be an up for Cathay Pacific Mm. and potentially an up for either Boeing or Airbus, depending, of course, on which company wins Cathay Pacific's business. Let's look at AMD. This is down for me because um, the management has expected uh, weaker than expected sales. Mm-hmm. Um, third quarter results, preliminary results were well below its initial guidance. So that is something which sort of guides the markets. You can see AMD's gross margin, they have expected their gross margins to come down about 50%. So it's a slight correction from 54%. Mm-hmm. Um, and they really said that it's because of a weaker expected PC market and inventory correction. So this really comes across um, where a lot of other chip-making companies, semiconductor companies, are also reducing sort of their demand or forecasting weaker sales and profits here. Yeah, AMD warning that revenue for the third quarter is going to come in significantly below Wall Street expectations. So that's definitely a down for me. AMD share price is off 4.5% in after-hours trade. Let's look at Google. Mm. Wow, Google is an up. Mm. They are making things cheaper. So Pixel and their smartwatch, yeah. um, they are coming in to actually fight against Apple's um, smart devices as well. So Google is releasing their Pixel phones and that should come in about 600 to about $900, which is 
far cheaper than the Apple iPhone. And, and on top of that, they are also coming in with their own uh, Fitbit installed smartwatch, which could also potentially fight Apple as well. So again, you know, the thing about technology companies, it always boils down to most law where things are getting cheaper and cheaper because you can actually squeeze in more information, more data per unit chip area. So that sort of helps to reduce prices and makes things cheaper for these technology companies. Mm. And at the same time, I, I guess what Google is doing maybe could help inflationary pressure at the same time because you know things could be cheaper. People are moving away from more expensive stuff to buying a cheaper item. So mm. this is an up for me. It's an up for me as well on the back of Google's uh, unveiling its first smartwatch with that built-in Fitbit, which I haven't seen yet and I'm curious to see because, you know, it is selling for less than Apple's iWatch and I'm sure a lot of eyeballs uh, are going to be perusing this new smartwatch from Google, which has also launched its latest smartphone, mm. also less expensive than Apple's products. Uh, Volkswagen versus Porsche. Yeah. Okay, which is up, which is down? Porsche is up for me. Okay. Volkswagen is down for me. I think this is based on the financial numbers which Porsche actually released. So mm. it seems like the quality seems like it's quality over quantity in this case. I, I mean, agree with you. Porsche has raced ahead. Now, just a week ago, Porsche was a privately owned unit of Volkswagen. And now it's a publicly listed company and Europe's most valuable automaker. So that is an up for Porsche, down for Volkswagen, at least in terms of prestige. Volkswagen still profits, though, from Porsche's rise. <laughs> All right, Yang Zijiang shipbuilding. Oh, shipbuilder. So Yang Zijiang recently backed about 22 orders on their for their dry bulk and container ships. So that could actually put their total order book to about $10.2 billion. And this could extend visibility, you know, for the business over the next few years, which is really a good thing because when it yeah. comes to shipping, um, we are really talking about cyclicality. And what you don't want is to have short-term visibility, not knowing where to go. So you want to have projects which could last you, you know, as far out as possible. And bagging these uh, contracts amidst this kind of market volatility is definitely an up for Yang Zijiang and an up for me as well. So, yep, there you go. Business is definitely looking up for the shipbuilding sector. Yang Zijiang Shipbuilding has secured more than 10 billion US dollars worth of contracts. So that is definitely an up for this entry, Yang Zijiang Shipbuilding. And finally, let's look at SD Engineering. So SD Engineering did some share buybacks recently. Um, I think about 500,000 shares. But, you know, compared to the number of pool of share capital they have, this probably could just be offsetting the share options for ST Engineering. Buying back shares is always a positive sign for me because it reduces the number of share count and it's always good for share shareholders. So this is up, up for me. The investment house CGSCIMB has downgraded ST Engineering and it thinks that the company's profits are going to be hit by rising interest rates. So that's a down for ST Engineering in my book. Let's check in on how stocks are doing this morning. We are 22 minutes into the local trading day. The Straits Times Index finished marginally lower yesterday at 31.51. How are the blue chips doing this morning? Yep, so let's see. Um, Yang Zijiang is up 4.5%. The banks are slightly down. DBS is down 0.15%. OCBC is down 0.3%. Um, we have SGX down 0.2%. And when we are looking at energy, let's see. Wilma is down 0.27%. 
All right. Now, one last story before I let you go. Are you a fried chicken lover, Willie? Oh, I love it. Me too. <laughs> I have good news for Popeye fans. The F&B operator, the Face Young Group, is going to take over the Singapore franchise of Popeye's and it plans to open some new outlets starting with the Rail Mall next year. And it plans to have 50 outlets in Singapore within the next 10 years. So, spice on the skin or original? Original. <laughs> I'm, I'm worried the next day I might get a run. <laughs> <laughs> I need spice with everything, Ooh. so I don't even think about that. All right, thank you very much, Willie King. This is it for you. You leave this frigid studio for the last time today. <laughs> yes, and I'm <laughs> missing my kids because it's been a while since I sent them to school. Oh, well, it's been yeah. a real pleasure having you on the show, and thank you, you very much. Love speaking with you, Michelle. <laughs> All right, Willie King there. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.